Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman and I'm taking you guys on a solo episode today. Tommy is on vacation in Florida, so I'm letting him relax, live it up, and uh, I'm going to be covering some uh, some of the various happenings around the NHL this past weekend, as well as uh, some of the remaining series going on in Game One and then or Round One, and then some of the upcoming series in Round Two. Just sort of giving my thoughts. Uh, not too much of a structure in this one. Sort of just a, a, a loose, light episode. Um, we we'll talking about Vegas, Colorado, um, Montreal, Toronto, and whatever else I got time to get into. Um, but if you guys want to hear all about the rest of the NHL beyond just this episode, you can subscribe to Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL is our daily podcast on everything happening in the leagues. So subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get podcasts. That way you never miss a news update. If something happens that isn't just blues related, we don't have time to cover it on our podcast. The guys over at Lockdown NHL do a really good job. So definitely, definitely check them out. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about um, is the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, last night, they played in game one and uh, made me kind of feel a little bit better about um, the Blues' performance in the first round. Now, obviously, it's only been one game, and Vegas could certainly rebound, but they lost 7-1 to one and gave up four goals in the second period and looked like they didn't belong at all. And keep in mind that the Vegas Golden Knights are probably, or at least in my opinion, were probably the second best team, maybe third behind the Lightning, heading into these playoffs. So the fact that they got manhandled so much by... Um, Colorado just shows how dominant Colorado can be. You know, the, the shot disparity wasn't even that crazy. It was 37-25 Colorado. Um, but obviously, you know, the important stat, the goals were 7-1. to one. Um, Vegas was better on the faceoffs. Avalanche were only 2-for-6 on the power play. And I believe at one point they had a 9-minute penalty. Uh, power play, which I'll get into in a little bit, talking about Ryan Reeves. And I think Max Pacioretty had a little bit of a dirty play as well. Um, Vegas did out hit the Avs, but as we saw in the Blues series, physicality isn't isn't enough to, to beat this dominant Avalanche team. Um, seven giveaways for Vegas as well. Um, but, you know, all in all, it, it just simply came down to Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche were absolutely unstoppable in that game. Um, you could just tell right from puck drop that Vegas was maybe not overmatched, but not competing at the same level of intensity that Colorado was. Um, simply just uh, 
dominant, dominant performance, worse than we saw in any game against the Blues. You know, the Blues never lost that bad to Colorado. Obviously, it was a little t- touch and go there in a couple games, but my goodness, was was it just an absolute destruction of the Vegas Golden Knights? Um, McKinnon, two goals and an assist. Landis Cog, two goals and an assist. Cal uh, McCarr looks like maybe the best offensive defenseman in the league. A goal and three assists last night. Um, all while playing 22 minutes of ice time. Five minutes on the power play. Uh, about a minute shorthanded. He can do it all. Um, and man, that third, uh, not that third goal, that seventh goal that they scored. Cal um, McCarr's goal just looked like the Harlem Globetrotters out there. And a couple goals earlier too. That McKinnon goal um, that he scored where he just walked in and, and made it look like a, a practice session. Um, the Avalanche just look like they're in a league of their own compared to the Golden Knights. Um, and Vegas started getting down in that series or in that game and they uh, they didn't they didn't take too kindly to it. Um, started throwing some uh, questionable hits. I know Max Pacioretty, I believe, kind of threw a reverse hit that ended up just being an elbow to the face of someone. I'm not sure. I believe I can actually look here. Uh, JT Comfer, I believe, was the was on the receiving end of that. Um, but yeah, uh, not not the best display from Vegas, you know. And it started with the Pacioretty hit, and it continued on. Um, Burakovsky got a roughing penalty for Colorado. Um, Nicholas Hay got a roughing penalty for Vegas. Ryan, and Ryan Reeves. Uh, as much as I love Revo, and as much as we're big fans of Revo here on the Locked On Blues podcast, um, the the crap he pulled in in that game was was inexcusable. Starting with um, a cross check to the back of the head of Philip Grubauer. You know, you don't touch the goalie. That's like hockey one on one. So of course, Colorado takes exception to that. Uh, Ryan Graves comes in and. And um, Ryan Graves comes in and, and, and challenges him, and in and Re, Rio just kind of grabs him by, in a headlock and takes him down. And I believe Graves had to leave with an injury, um, and it looks like it might have been kind of serious. So Reeves is um, going to be having a hearing, uh, potentially getting suspended, um, like joining his uh, his fellow goon Nazem Kadri um, in the suspension suspension press box up there. Um, who, by the way, appealed his suspension and it was upheld by Gary Bettman. So snaps for Gary Bettman and the Department of Player Safety for for getting that one right. It's you know it's unfortunate what happened, but it feels like at least maybe they uh, maybe they listen to the fans and, and, and suspend him eight games. And I would suspect Ryan Reeves gets a similar sort of punishment. I wouldn't suspect it as long of a suspension just because he he isn't as much of a repeat offender as Nazem Kadri, but definitely something that the league is going to look at. Um, and, and I don't think they're going to take too kindly to it. So yeah, um, a little bit more I want to talk about with that game, um, and the outlook of the rest of the series and also just the rest of the league and the rest of the series as well. But before I do that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Wealthfront decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders actually beat the market. So the odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. So you should team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preference 
expenses that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over 20 billion dollars of assets and you can get your first five thousand dollars managed completely for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on nhl all you need is five hundred dollars to get started so grow your wealth the easy way and that wealthfront do the work for you to get your first five thousand dollars managed for free for life go to wealthfront.com slash locked on nhl go to wealthfront.com slash locked on nhl and get started today and when i return i'll be wrapping up the vegas colorado game one talking about the rest of the series and Colorado's chances in the rest of the playoffs, as well as looking at Montreal-Toronto Game 7, and then some of the other round two matchups and my predictions for those, so don't go anywhere. All right, so you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan. How how you how you feeling after this one? Well, um, if I had to guess, I'm saying they're they're a little discouraged. <laughs> seven one loss in, in round two. That being said, um, if there is a game to lose seven to one, it, it's game one. You know they can rebound. I don't think that they're going to get swept like the Blues did. I, I think Vegas is a has a really deep team. I think they might have just been caught a little by surprise by um, by Colorado in that one. But I do think that they have the potential to to make this a, a series. But I don't know if anyone's beaten Colorado um, just with the way that they've been playing, you know, one five in a row. And, you know, I don't know what the statistics are, but I feel like they're outscoring their opponents, especially with that game, like 50,000 to five. Um, Blues, I believe, had six goals in their series in, in its entirety, maybe seven. And Vegas now has one. So uh, maybe they in that game alone, they've scored as many goals as their opponents in two rounds plus one game or one round plus one game. So biggest, biggest uh, question mark for Colorado, I think heading into the postseason was their goaltending, was their defense, was it, was it going to be where they, are they going to be able to, you know, win, win, win close games. And not only have they been putting up tons of goals, their defense just hasn't been allowing an inch for the opponents. So um, Colorado looks absolutely unbeatable. They would be potentially running into a Boston Bruins team in the next round if Boston continues their, um, their, their play against New York Islanders. I do think that they're going to end up winning that series, but I'll get into that in a little, in a little later. Um, but yeah, that could be a tough challenge for Colorado, but even then I, I don't see anyone stopping them. It could be an incredible Stanley cup final. If we were to see something like Colorado, Tampa, I think that would be insane. Um, but couple couple rounds need to be completed before we get there and one of those is the first round obviously you know if you've ever watched hockey before you know how that works but anyways toronto montreal in game seven um my goodness poor toronto as much as as much as you know it's fun to root against them whatever how how must it feel to be in that locker room going into another game seven in the first round facing that immense um, media pressure. It's, it's got to feel like a game seven of the Stanley cup finals at this point um, up three, one in the series to uh, uh, definitely a lesser Montreal team, obviously losing Tavares lessened Toronto's chances, but 
they still are, were absolutely the better team on paper and they were up 3-1 in the series and even in game six they were down 2-0 in the third period made a miraculous comeback um and then lost in overtime to a montreal team that was at the moment or at the time running only four defensemen um and one of those was shea weber who was not built to play 36 minutes a night anymore but did that anyways and got them a win if i am toronto gm fan whatever i am petrified for this game best case scenario you win and have to go through three more rounds before you can even call this season a success um knowing the toronto fans and the toronto media i don't think that they're going to accept anything less than um a deep run of the playoffs this year uh that being said in a couple hours they might not even be in the playoffs anymore um game seven is tonight Uh, i'm looking forward to it um you know i'm looking forward to a good game i think toronto is is definitely pressures on them montreal has made it made this a series after being down 3-1 something that's very difficult to do and toronto is is definitely scrambling a little bit to to put the pieces back together and, and come away with a win um, but I can't imagine the state of, of that franchise if, if they lose tonight, especially if it's either a heartbreak or a blowout. You know, maybe something in between wouldn't be as exciting, but my goodness, an overtime loss or, or like a 5-1 loss or something, you know, something in, along those lines. Um, the internet and Toronto as a whole are just going to explode. Um, you know, Steve Dangle, I don't know if you guys watch his videos at all, but he, he, he reacts to every single game the Maple Leafs play he has for the last probably like 10 years on YouTube. Um, and after game six, he might have been the angriest I've ever seen him. So Toronto is frustrated. Um, yet another game seven for them. It's going to be a heck of a game for sure. But it's it's going to be a lot of implications. You know, a, a loss for Toronto could see guys like Mitch Marner, William Nylander, um, Frederick Anderson, which I, I already assume Frederick Anderson's on his way out, but um, could see some big names on the move. Morgan Riley, maybe. Who knows? Um, but but I don't think Toronto is, is, is going to be too patient anymore, especially if they um, come away with a loss here. But I, I just, at the end of the day, I just, I feel bad. I think with the way that the media treats the team and the young players there, I don't think that that team is ever going to have success. I think it takes an incredibly strong-willed group of players to be able to withstand the pressure that is put on them. And we heard the stories when Mike Babcock was coach about him, you know, putting his players on blast and embarrassing his young players. Mitch Marner, when he was like 18, uh, was asked to name the least hard workers on the team and then was just put put on blast publicly. Mike Babcock went out and told those players that Mitch Marner was talking crap about them, basically, whatever. Um, just seems like a toxic work environment, if I'm being completely honest with the way that they're micro-analyzed and every little play is, is, is shown on repeat and Mitch Marner is trending on Twitter because he was the puck out of play. Obviously, yeah, that's a mistake, but the pressure that those guys face is, is, is second to none in the NHL. And, and I, I can't imagine it's, it's very fun to play there at a time like this. Um, you know, we saw it on Mitch Marner's face in the penalty box. He seemed to have tears in his eyes. So, uh, at the end of the day, like we always say, these guys are human beings and, and it's, it's tough to see, you know, 
guys face pressure like that, especially, you know, I'm 21 guys that are my age, um, who, who I'm sure go on Twitter and read through their last, any tweets containing their last, na- last name after a tough loss like that. It, it takes a toll for sure. Um, and, and they definitely, definitely could use a win tonight. Um, and Hey, maybe if they need a little bit of boost, need a little bit of protein, they could try out a built bar for the game. Built bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Built bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor. When you talk to a built bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. So if you don't know the built bar flavors, well, you're missing out. You got coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint, brownie, peanut butter, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box, which means you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. So you can try them all. But my favorite part about Bilt Bar, the reason why I and so many other people love them so much is because not only are they great tasting, but they're also healthy. Most of the flavors have about 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. So order today, get that raspberry, mint, brownie, or whatever flavor you like. Go to BiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCKS15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BiltBar.com. And when I return, I'm going to be taking a look at some of the other series around the NHL in the second round, giving my thoughts, giving my predictions. And yeah, going to be a, going to be a fun week of episodes. I'm looking forward to it. Don't go anywhere. All right. So one first round matchup. Yet to be completed. Winner of that will play the Winnipeg Jets. But in regards to the other series, there are three of them. And I'm going to give my thoughts. Obviously, we spent a lot of this episode talking about the Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, With the way that heading into that series, I was expecting this one to go pretty deep. I was expecting maybe six or seven games um, with Colorado coming out on top. But... With the way that that game one went, I don't even know if Vegas has the ability to push it that far. I I do think that they push it to at least five, maybe six, maybe seven if they really turn it around. But I don't think there's any way that Colorado loses that series. Excuse me. I don't think there's any way Colorado even loses more than a couple games in that series or even the entire playoffs for the way that they're playing now. But who knows? Maybe Vegas has, has some secret change that they can make that'll finally neutralize Colorado. But it's been five games and they look absolutely unstoppable. So I think Colorado has the absolute edge in that series um, is going to come away with a win. Now, moving over to the other side of the bracket, you got the Boston Bruins against the New York Islanders. The Bruins are up 1-0 in the series, and they looked really, really good in their first game. Um, New York played Pittsburgh in round one and faced a really poor goaltending performance in Tristan Jari, so their offensive numbers may have been a little bit inflated. They do have a really good defensive scheme and a hot rookie goalie, but I don't know if they have the personnel on defense to compete with the two top lines of the Boston Bruins being Marshan Bergeron, Pasternak, and then great G Craig Smith and Taylor Hall. Um, Bruins were a one line team for the longest time with, you know, David Krejci sort of just drifting out on that second line. Now that they added Taylor Hall and Craig Smith, they, they do look pretty unbeatable as well. Um, at least through their first two series. Um, so I think that they're going to come away with a win in this series. I do think New York's going to take it to six, um, but I, I think Boston's going to come away and, and move on from that series, which would have them playing Colorado because they would be the lowest seed remaining and the whole entire bracket gets reseeded after the second round, which is crazy. Um, looking at the other final matchup, it's 
Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, sort of a similar matchup to the other two. I, I, I think there's a clear favorite, even though Carolina is the higher seed. Tampa uh, pulled their little cap gymnastics and is a much better team than they were in the regular season just because of that, because of that little cheating that they pulled off, you know, adding Kucherov and Stamkos. So I think that there are about three unbeatable teams that remain, or team, not unbeatable, but three teams that remain that are head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. And that is the Tampa Bay Lightning, Boston Bruins, and Colorado Avalanche. Now, Vegas would probably be up there too if they weren't playing the Colorado Avalanche, but it is what it is. So I think Tampa moves on in that series. I think it might be five or six. Um, but who knows? Maybe Carolina will will um, impress me. Maybe they'll take us take me by surprise um, and beat a tough Tampa team. But that could lead to some some crazy matchups if if Boston, Tampa, and Colorado all make it out of this round. We could see a crazy crazy Stanley Cup final matchup. But I think that's all I got time for today. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, make sure you check out Locked on today uh they're talking about basketball they're talking about nikola Jokic and the denver nuggets so if you're a basketball fan definitely check out that episode get more of the sports news you need in less time with the locked on today podcast follow the locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts anyways like i was saying thank you guys so much for listening to the locked on blues podcast make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to leave a review if if it has the option we greatly appreciate that Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Locked On Blues. Follow me on Twitter and Locker Room. Hopefully, uh, maybe this weekend we can get a locker room done once Tommy's headed home from vacation. So definitely stay tuned for that. Follow him on Twitter and Locker Room at TWelcher15. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.